This podcast is brought to you by Karen Wickray, the author of a new book entitled Taking the Work Out of Networking. Please join Karen and Greg on podcast number 781 as they discuss how networking can what often seems like a dreaded task can become an organic and easy endeavor. Karen shares some of her tips on no pressure networking along with the benefits of loose touch connecting. If you've ever thought of networking as drudgery, then you won't want to miss this podcast number 781 with author author Karen Wickray. You can learn more about Karen and taking the work out of networking by visiting her website at www.karenwickray.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy this podcast. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And we have Mark Picotta on, and Mark is the CEO of LaunchBoom, and he is somebody that I've known for quite some time, and really just a very bright young man when it comes to crowdfunding. Now, his new book is called Crowdfunded, The Proven Crowdfunding System for Launching Products, Raising Millions, and Scaling Brands Using Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Good day to you, Mark. How are you doing? Thanks, Greg. Yeah, no, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good, good. We were just talking about the world's kind of getting back to some semblance of normal. We're right in the middle of this pandemic, or I, I hope it's either the middle or the end, to be honest with you. <laughs> and now yeah, we've enjoyed too. our weekend going out to actually the beach. So it's a good thing. Mark, I'm going to let our listeners know just a tad bit about you because this is a fascinating topic. And obviously, a great way for our listeners to get involved, and especially during these times when money is kind of dicey, and I wouldn't say difficult to get, but obviously, doing crowdfunding is one great way that people should reconsider how they're going to fund their idea, their invention, um, and get it out to the world. And Mark Picotta is the CEO and co-founder of Launch Boom. And we will have a link to that website, a global crowdfunding agency that's raised over 50 million since 2015, both Indiegogo and Kickstarter, the world's top crowdfunding platforms have recognized LaunchBoom as a certified expert. Well, Mark, one of the things that took me about the book was your introduction. And you mentioned that helping entrepreneurs, um, in, in launching their products and raising money for them was like Christmas for you. I like that. I like that <laughs> analogy. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspires you to help others? And what are a couple of the success stories um, from the Launch Broom program? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first off, thanks for having me on, on Greg. I'm super excited to be here, especially since you know we've known each other for a long time and I've always been really inspired by all the things that you're doing um, in life and then also with the podcast. So excited to be here. Um, yeah. You're and, welcome. And also, Glad to have yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. And uh, for all your listeners, Greg also helped me quite a bit, which is with guidance in the book. And so it's, it's quite fulfilling to get it out there and then also see the feedback. Um, but going back to your question, uh, what inspires me? It, it's, 
it's funny that whole analogy of it feeling like Christmas morning when we wake up in the morning to press the launch button is is totally true. I mean, when I was when I was young, um, and I, even still today, Christmas is my favorite holiday. I uh, get butterflies in my stomach the night before, um, and I, it still happens with me. And the reason why it's so inspiring to work with entrepreneurs is because, well. I know how hard it is to to create something. You know, I know how hard it is to start something, and I'm incredibly inspired to be working with people that are are essentially creating change in the world. They have ideas of products, and um, we get to help them bring those ideas to life because crowdfunding is really a great vehicle um, for many things. I think it, it is the best vehicle to helping bring those those products to life. Um, and so some of the success stories, and I talk about this in the introduction of the book, um, you know, we, we um, uh, as an agency, and I, I mean, I even put numbers out there myself, so I'm, I'm, um, I'm also doing this, but we're, we're often judged by how much we're raising for projects. You know, it's raised over $50 million since 2015. We raised a million dollars on this project or 600,000, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but really that's not what I'm most proud of. It's, it's literally watching entrepreneurs lives change. Um, one of them, um, Bubba, Bubba Albrecht, uh, he's the founder of a company called Giver out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, he was one of our first clients ever and he was launching, um, something called the four season glove. So it's a super durable weather glove um, that we launched on Kickstarter ended up doing, uh, I believe it was about 375,000. Uh, it might've been a little bit less than that, but it was, it was close to 300,000 on that campaign. And he was a, uh, like a, a baggage handler at Jackson hole uh, airport. And he was trying to start this company on the side and the funding that we were able to get from that campaign has allowed him to, you know, go full time into this this company. Now he's grown this into uh, a mega brand, and we just launched his uh, uh, what are called the Four Season Mittens. So they're not gloves, but they're mittens, and we did uh, over a million dollars uh, with that campaign. That's quite a success story, and you have many others. And I think for our listeners. Uh, on the blog, you'll see a link to launchboom.com. That's where you can go. And you know, Mark, uh, the book Built to to Sell by John uh, Warlow, and I know John uh, because oh, he's really? been on the show a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, he's been on Inside Personal Growth a couple of times. Early in your career, uh, this book influenced you. Um, what was it about what John wrote in the book that inspired you to move into the crowdfunding business um, because John is a guy that works with lots of people that are trying to grow their businesses and then sell their businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to explain that, let me just give a little bit of context. Uh, so, you know, I, I went to San Diego state um, and graduated in 2012 uh, at the very end of my San Diego State career, I uh, did an internship at a company called eBoost Consulting. Uh, learned all about digital marketing, but also the best part about it was I met two of my uh, current business partners, uh, Thomas Dorian and Mike Reedy there. Uh, we started up a company called Label Creative right out of college. Um, 
it was a marketing agency, but we didn't really have any particular focus on the type of businesses that we were working on. I mean, we really just didn't want to get jobs and we were trying to make this thing work. Uh, it was pretty scrappy. Um, but we did get the chance to work on a couple of crowdfunding campaigns uh, while we were uh, under uh, Label Creative, that business. Um, but around 2015, it was the beginning of 2015 was when I read that book. Um, and in the book, you know, it's, it's, John's telling the story of a, it's, it's written as a fiction, but he's telling the story of a business owner that had an agency, a creative agency. And, you know, he had a family and, and he thought it was doing quite well, but he was like pretty overworked and he decided that, you know, now it's time to sell. He wants to sell the company. So he talks to his friend that sold a couple of businesses and basically his friend tells him that his company is, is, uh, essentially worthless. And he's like, how, how can I be? I've been putting all this time in, you know, I'm making pretty good revenue. Well, he's like, well, you know, your, your company isn't something that is uh, systematized. It's not very valuable. You're not like doing one thing better than everyone else. And it's not very repeatable. You know, you're not able to get like repeat business from people because he was, um, just like uh, us at Label Creative, kind of doing like all different types of projects and realized that, you know, essentially the book that I was reading um, was like forward looking. I was looking into my future is how I felt. And so I knew that I needed to make a change in my life and with our, our company as well. So we, uh, going back to these three principles, which are you want to create something that is uh, a business that is teachable that is valuable and repeatable. Um, and when you have those things, then you have a company that's uh, able to sell. Um, we went back to the drawing board and reflected on, okay, what were the projects that we worked on that kind of fulfilled these three different principles? And again, like I said, we had done some crowdfunding campaigns. The first one did uh, about 70,000. The second one did 102,000. The third one did 375,000. And uh, long story short, we decided to go into crowdfunding and rebranded our company uh, from label creative to launch boom at the end of 2015 and um and just being able to focus like really focus down on one thing and treat our service company like a product um has really allowed us to to scale quite uh quite quickly um and build a company that i would say is much more fulfilling well, and it's also a way for you to help the people that you help understand that same theory and putting that theory behind what they do. Um, and I think it's important. I don't think it's, it's so important that people have an exit strategy always before they start, but to know that there is a way out and that it is uh, duplicatable and that you build systems around it is important. And I think most of the people that you're working with, that's what you do. And I think yeah, one for, one thing on that though, Greg, is like um, you know, a lot of people I feel like, and he talks about this in the book. Uh, it, even if you don't want to sell the company, you know, it's not necessarily having a an exit strategy. He calls it like yeah. an options option strategy, right. and I really resonate with that because having a business that is able to sell is just a good business. Um, and when I, when I realized that, you know, it's like, oh man, I don't, I don't need to have in five years, I'm going to sell my company for $20 million. Um, I don't need to know that it's, it's more about trying to follow these principles. Um, and you're right. And teaching that, uh, to our, to our clients has been, uh, really powerful as well. Oh, 
Most certainly. I would think that that's part of your success is that you've built a whole package around how you approach crowdfunding. And I think that for some of our listeners, they're going to benefit from knowing how crowdfunding works. So can you tell us and why would we want to do a crowdfunding project versus alternative funding? There's all kinds of ways to get money out there, angel investors, so on and so forth, and other means. But why crowdfunding, Mark, and how does it work? Yeah. So so let's talk about how it works first. So crowdfunding, the idea of crowdfunding, also let's take a step back, is uh, it's bigger than just um, Kickstarter and Indiegogo. So you have different types of crowdfunding. There's the most popular types are equity crowdfunding, where people are actually investing into a company and they're getting shares into it. Um, you have debt-based crowdfunding. Uh, it's a similar thing, but it's a debt vehicle. Um, then you have rewards-based crowdfunding, which is what Kickstarter and Indiegogo is. Uh, essentially, people aren't investing into the company. They are it's technically a donation into the company. Um, uh, but the way that we use it is that when people donate, um, we are going to give them the product in return. So it's it's really like a, a pre-order platform is how we're how we're using it. Um, so let's say that you're going to launch a, a campaign on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. How it works is that you would create a campaign on the platform. You would say that I want to raise X amount of money. So let's say I want to raise ten thousand um, dollars. You say how long you want your campaign to last. Let's say you say thirty days, uh, and then you put it live. And maybe you you, know, you also say something like, um, uh, let's say that I'm selling like a, a gadget on there that's. Uh, $50. Um, you put that up there as well that someone could um, pledge. It's called pledge $50 to the campaign. Um, and then once you bring that, that project to life, if you reach your funding goal, then they are going to get that that product. Um, so that's how it works. Do you have any... Did I miss anything in there? Any questions about the mechanics of it? No, no, not at all. I think that, you know, I think for most of our listeners, they probably have the basic concepts down, and I hope they do about this. But in particular, you have at LaunchBoom created a strategy which consists of test, launch, scale. And I think that this is really important because it's probably at the hub, one of the things that LaunchBoom does best. So can you speak with the listeners about your framework, and why it's so successful. I mean, you wrote in the book, hey, look, when we first tried this, you know, we were seeing some failures and we didn't want people spending all this money. And I remember that distinctly in the book. So you and your partners have created a really cool way to do that for people without them, you know, uh, and, you know, having to put so much money into it. And then we'll go on from there. Okay. Sounds good. And if, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll also answer your last question too in a little bit more detail. And then I'll go right into that test launch scale because I think it will uh, it will flow pretty well. Um, so just going back to what you what you previously asked about, you know, another reason why would you go on crowdfunding versus other uh, types of funding sources? The the biggest reason why is that traditional product launches. Uh, entrepreneurs have to put up a lot of risk in terms of time and money of both developing the product, but then also building up inventory of that product. So going through the manufacturing process and holding inventory 
and then doing all the marketing around it and then hoping that when you launch that you're going to be able to sell that product. Now, crowdfunding flips it because now all you need to do is get uh, a prototype of that product. I just need you know one prototype. We can then do all the marketing around that prototype, launch, and then pre-sell a lot of the product. So let's say now you're raising all the cash and you can take that cash and go to your manufacturer manufacturer and then get the product and then ship it out. So it's it's typically much less risky um, to do it that way. Um, so that's really important. And then we we further let's go to now the framework that you were referencing, which is uh, yeah. we say test launch scale is uh, the framework, and we view it as like a cyclical f- framework, meaning that it's something that feeds on itself. I wish I'm like I'm over here on the phone uh, <laughs> trying to show you how how it looks. Uh, but just think of it as like a cycle. Um, it's not like linear going like left to right. It's like a circle that feeds on itself. And so the idea of this is that um, although crowdfunding already does mitigate risk in terms of, of time, time and money because of the reasons I just talked about, we realized pretty early on that there's still, we still, we still were not mitigating enough risk. Um, so mm-hmm. people were coming to us when we launched or when we, when we started our company, uh, they would put a pretty large investment of time for our services and then also for advertising. Um, and we're also, you know, committing a lot of time to this product launch. We get involved sometimes three to six months before. And once we started advertising their product in the market, we, um, we quickly realized that there was, it was much, more difficult to advertise than we previously thought, um, meaning that the advertising was quite expensive for the product. And, and we had a couple launches that didn't go so well. I mean, to put it quite simply, you know, they, they right. didn't, right. They, they lost, mo- they lost money on it. It's, it may, it may have raised, uh, you know, raised some money, but they lost quite a bit of money too. And so we're thinking, how could we make this better? And, that that's where we came up with this whole uh, process that we call test boom. So this is the test phase. And the idea is that, okay, what do we need to know um, uh, before we go to launch to feel confident that this is going to be a successful launch? Um, So we're like, well, let's strip it down to to what happens at the beginning. So what we're going to do is, is uh, come up with the initial, our initial hypotheses, of how to position the product in the market. And so all, all good product positioning means is that you're able to uh, convey the value of the product to the right audience. So like the people that want to buy it. So we're coming up with mm-hmm. different ways to position the product. And then we're also trying to or message the product. And we're also uh, coming up with like three to five different audiences. An audience would be like, you know, um, men ages 25 to 45 that are interested in XYZ as a very simplified example. So we come up with messaging um, and then we build up a a website where we're going to send traffic to through Facebook advertising. And we spend a $2,000 ad budget um, to send traffic down that funnel and we get metrics back. Um, And so which metrics are we most uh, interested in. One is that on the website, we give people the opportunity to put down their email address to say that they're interested. Once they do that, then we give them the opportunity to put down a $1 deposit um, to mm-hmm. reserve the product at an even better discount. Um, 
so the, you may be thinking, your listeners may be thinking, because I get this question often, it's, you know, does a dollar really, uh, like, what's the point of doing that? You already got their email address. Well, we found that if someone puts down a dollar deposit after they gave us their email address, that on average, that person is 30 times more likely to buy than someone that did not. So mm-hmm. what that allows us to do is uh, optimize our advertising based off of something like a, a metric that's much more indicative of purchase intent versus just like lead intent or interest. So I'll pull this back to, you know, what, what is this whole idea of test? So we're trying to, to put it simply, we're trying to do the minimum amount of work for us to be able to get some actual data back from the market that we can then uh, plug into a, a model, which is very actually quite straightforward in the book I, I lay it out. Um, but really what we're doing is we're building, uh, getting these metrics back and then making, um, making an assumption of, of, or making a calculation, excuse me, of how much money we think we would raise from this project if we were to launch it. Right. Um, right. And, and, and we're doing very it with a very small amount. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very systematic approach. And don't you, don't you refer to this as the four horsemen of traffic? Um, oh, the four, I mean, that was the four horsemen part, of traffic yeah. is, uh, is something yeah. once you actually get to the campaign and the, the idea of that is just to simplify where the major sources of traffic typically are. But right. on the, on the testing phase, you're right. It's very systematic. And the, the idea, uh, because, you know, without without being able to show your listeners like how the calculation works, it might seem, you know, like this is really complex stuff. Um, it, it's not. It, the, if you kind of break it down to the core parts, which is really important, that I really want people to to pull away from this is that before you go to launch your idea into the market, whether you're going on crowdfunding or not, think about how you can validate that product, and that's really what mm-hmm. we're doing. We're we're validating mm-hmm. it with actual data from the market. And the reason why we think that using advertising as a way to do that is so important is because advertising, digital advertising is gonna be a core part of any modern day company, especially a direct to consumer company. So we wanna be able to advertise, get some metrics back and then say, okay, this is the likelihood that we're gonna have a successful campaign. And if someone passes that testing program, that's where we would then be, okay, Let's 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 now invest into this campaign, um, and and launch it onto Kickstarter Indiegogo. Well, they're a good they're a good candidate after the test. In other words, you haven't spent so much time and so much of their money uh, telling them, and it also gives them the data to come back and potentially. I'm just going to use the term rejigger their product. Right? How can <laughs> yeah. we change this to make it to make it better? And you created which referred to as the consumer-based brand equity pyramid. And in this model, you speak about who are you, what are you, what about you, and what about you and me, or what about you and me? And can you tell the listeners a little bit about the pyramid and the importance of the messaging? And you mentioned there the free product positioning workshop in your book. So people We'll put a link to that on our blog so people can go there and actually download that uh, free product positioning worksheet. Worksheet. What is the? What are these? Uh, what are you? What are you about? Questions that you think most 
of these new entrepreneurs need to be asking to do a successful campaign? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so first off, the uh, the framework um, that you're talking about, the consumer based brand equity pyramid, it is it's just because you said we we created it. I actually did not create it. We did adapt it from uh, Kevin Keller, um, who, who created this model. But we've since uh, grown, you know, essentially adapted it to ourselves and asked some questions that we think um, uh, are a little bit better. But that that is what we modeled it after. Um, but if you if you the whole idea of this is um, when you are coming up with product positioning again, so communicating the value of your product to the right audience, it's best to try to put yourself in the mindset of your consumer. And what this framework does is it essentially is breaking down um, the way that a consumer thinks about a brand. Um, in like a fraction of a second. So if, if I use the example in the book of, you know, right now, uh, and, and listeners at home, I'm about to say a brand, um, something's going to happen in your mind. So Starbucks, everyone just had some type of thoughts and feelings going through their, their mind, whether they, they like it or not, you know, and, um, at the very bottom of this pyramid of this, this framework, it's asking this question, uh, who are you? So it's, uh, I use the example, like, you know, um, that would be like for Starbucks, uh, when I think about them, it's like, okay, they sell coffee. So that's very simple. You know, and we think about your product. It's like very simply, like what broad category do you, do you associate with? Uh, next is like performance and imagery. So what are you? So Starbucks, I would think about from a performance standpoint, you know, it's affordable. There's locations everywhere. It's fast, et cetera. Uh, imagery, immediately I thought about like this Green Mermaid logo, cozy coffee shop, coffee with cream. Um, the next layer of the pyramid is judgments and feelings. So again, Starbucks judgments, maybe I, you know, for me, I think that uh, it's, it's very corporate. It's, but it does have friendly staff. Uh, the feelings are, you know, I have like kind of this warmth or this uh, productivity feeling. Um, and then the last layer of the pyramid is resonance, which is uh, what about you and me? This is like, why are people going to be intensely loyal to your brand? Um, and for myself, like with Starbucks, using that example again, um, you know, it's I do trust Starbucks because of its consistency. It's something that like I know will always be there uh, because it's everywhere. And so wh why this is important is that you can already think, or I hope you can think or see from, from what I just talked about in the example of Starbucks. If you think about your product or your brand in this way, and you start to break down even the things like, how do you want people to feel? You know, what judgments uh, are people going to have about your product? It starts to get you in the mindset of the consumer, and which is going to allow you to more effectively uh, market your product uh, when, when you go to um, advertise it or create marketing assets around it. Um, so it's a really great framework to start with. It is. And I think for young entrepreneurs, anybody coming up with whether it's gloves or you've had a mobile air conditioner, you've had a lot of things that are on your website. And I encourage my listeners to go to your website and look at the product launches and the amount of money that Mark has raised as well for each of these ventures that people have started but having a framework and having you help people do that, um, you know, you've really positioned yourself 
as a, a business uh, consultant to them as well. And, you know, you created something you call the reservation funnel. What is it? How does it work? And what does it tell you about the viability of the product or service that you're going to be doing a campaign on? Um, and, you know, obviously speak about that with our listeners and we'll get into the building the community. Okay. Yeah. So the reservation funnel is what I was referencing earlier when, and during the testing phase, which, uh, it's a website where, um, we're driving traffic to, and the first page is where people can give their email address to show that they're interested. And then the second page, once they opt in is that we give them the opportunity to put down the $1 deposit to reserve the product at the best discount when we launch. Um, and the people that put down the deposit are, are, like I said before, 30 times more likely to buy on average than people that don't. Um, it's, it's, that is also something that we did not start our company with. Um, we started just by building up uh, email lists uh, based off of people just giving their email. We got no other information from them. Um, they were just showing that they were interested. But we were trying to think, you know, how could we show... Or how could we identify people that were more qualified on this email list? And um, mm-hmm. we actually did not. We we did not come up with this idea. Um, uh, one of our video editors liked this company called Playtable. I will give credit to them, where they were doing this exactly what I said. They were they had a product they were launching. They weren't doing it on Kickstarter or anything, but they were giving people the chance to put down the one dollar deposit. And I actually I was like, that's so interesting. And I. I reached out to uh, their mar- their uh, chief marketing officer and he got on the phone call with me and he just told me everything. He's like, yeah, I mean, most people aren't doing this and and people think that it's it's kind of dumb to have someone put down a $1 deposit, but he's he's like, it, it, it allows you to really identify the people that are more qualified. And that way we can start to optimize our ads around that group of people versus people that are just putting down their email address. Um, I mean, people, and we see this strategy being used not just on crowdfunding. I always look at uh, uh, like uh, Tesla too, right? Like Tesla always has these deposits that people can put down um, for all their cars, and it's a it's a it's an indicator of um, of interest, right? Uh, Right. Into these into these products. Well, you 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 refer to these people as VIPs and non-VIPs in your yeah. in your um, in your book, and I think it's important that people do that now because of that testing. One of the big areas that's really important you look at most crowdfunding is going to be the video, and I want to speak with us about the design of a campaign uh, page as well as creating the video campaign because there can be more than one. You know, I've gone into these campaigns and watched the videos, but usually there's one major lead video. And you certainly tout LaunchBoom as one of the companies that really helps to create a great video. So mm-hmm. can you comment on this? Yeah. I, so first, it, the, the, the most important assets – before crowdfunding campaign are the campaign video, like you talked about, and then also the campaign page. So it's everything that comes after it. Um, for both of these assets, the first thing I would say is, is don't try to reinvent the wheel with these. Um, if you're going to be doing it yourself as well, um, or you're going to be uh, hiring someone or, or, or anything, 
uh, just getting an idea of how these work. I would say um, look at, I mean, crowd, the best part about crowdfunding is that it's all public. Go to these crowdfunding campaigns that are successful, um, ones that may be uh, like a competitive product to yours or have a similar audience and, and see and, and break down those videos, see what they're doing well. Um, oftentimes, it's, I would say the ones that are doing well are are not extremely uh, branded, um, meaning that they're uh, much more about the product to the point, going over, you know, hooking people, going over the main features and then benefits of the product and keeping it um, high energy uh, and again to the point. And and something is very similar, uh, similar concept with the, with the campaign pages. But I guess the, the main thing that I would want your listeners to take away from this is that it's okay to model what works. And I talk about that in the book too. Model what works. Don't reinvent the wheel. Um, don't copy, but, uh, but model um, what's already out there. And just starting with that base, you're going to be able to come up with something that's, uh, that's really good. Right. We, some people used to say, well, I borrowed it, but I, I'm not, I didn't plagiarize it. Meaning I, <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, exactly. I didn't actually copy it word for word, but you know, <laughs> use the concept. So you basically want to, want to model it toward that. And I agree. Now, Mark, in kind of wrapping this up, what advice would you like to leave the listeners out there with that are considering using crowdfunding to finance their next product or their idea that they've got so that they could, you know, not only get this book because we put a link to it on Amazon, by the way, is the book still at, um, on the Kindle version and is it still at, you still offering it 99 cents or what's, what's happening? Uh, we, it was, it was only available for a week for 99 cents, but okay. now it's at four, okay. it's at four ninety nine right now. So you can get it on Kindle still a bargain, or... a bargain at half the price. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You can get it on Kindle or paperback. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so you were what asking advice about would you like advice. to give these listeners with? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, I feel like it's uh, timely with what's going on. I don't know if timely is the right word, but it's, it's an interesting time right now with, with COVID-19. And I mean, the question that I get literally every day from people is, should I launch my product right now? You know, I mean, we got that question before, uh, but now it's, it's, it's everyone's fearful. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty going on. Like, why would I launch my product during a pandemic? And my, my whole thought process around this, and, and it's partly based off of data and also just my own personal feelings around it, um, is that this is the best time to launch a product. This is the time to uh, take control in a world that feels out of control. You know, that idea that you've always thought about building. Um, why not kick the can down the road? Why not see what happens if you start to um, build that out a little bit more, reach out to people, start actually designing this thing. Um, crowdfunding is is an amazing tool, pandemic or not, but it is a much less risky way to launch a product and also is more effective at the same time. So final words is the idea that you've always thought about launching, why not see what happens if you actually do it? Well, it gives you an opportunity to do it, as you've said, at a, at a much more budgeted price. Um, you don't have as much invested into it. You're getting people to help you fund 
what you need to develop. So in other words, they're pre-investing into maybe what even might be a prototype, right? It's not fully functional yet, uh, but you are going to deliver at a date in the future. And there are a lot of people that like to do that. They like to help entrepreneurs. I mean, you have plenty of examples where you've raised millions of dollars. I was looking on there the other day on your website. And I think for people that are out there listening, this is a great way, as you said, you know, if you're afraid right now, the least risk is going to be crowdfunding. Um, The most risk is going to be if you go and build all those molds and prototype it and get it all done. And then the reality is uh, you you get sitting holding the bag because you've not done any test marketing. So I look at LaunchBoom as a company that helps you test and then retest and refine um, what it is that you're going to actually sometimes develop. And you find that out through working with Mark and his team. Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on and it's been a pleasure uh, speaking with you about your new book, Crowdfunded, the proven crowdfunding system for launching products, raising millions, and scaling brands using Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Um, and people can go just to launchboom.com. Is there anywhere else you'd want to send them to learn a little bit more about you and uh, and your program or just launchboom.com? Launchboom.com is the best, but also just for your listeners, if you want to reach out to me personally, it's just Mark, M-A-R-K at launchboom.com. Even if you guys don't, um, aren't going to work with us, I'm always open book and trying to help as much as possible. I have a lot of free content on our blog as well, um, as well as the book, which uh, you've graciously talked about a lot. So um, don't hesitate to reach out. Mark, thanks so much for being on Inside Personal Growth and uh, always a joy and pleasure speaking with you. And again, for my listeners, uh, take advantage of Mark's offer. Uh, he said it was four ninety nine for the the Kindle book. Um, the regular paper book, back book, I don't know exactly what the price is, but we'll put a link to that and go to Mark's website. Do learn about this because, and, and inquire, Mark just gave you his email address. Don't be afraid to email him because he's saying, Hey, I'm open to taking your questions to learn more about what it is that I can help you with. Mark, thanks so much for being on. Awesome. Thanks, Greg.